You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. I'm uh, doing well. Healthy alive, you know? It's going to be your trademark now, isn't it? We're going to have to patent that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. And we'll get a copyright on it. We'll get a patent on it. And then we're going to put it on a coffee mug for you. How about that? How's that sound? <laughs> but of course, yeah, you don't drink I, coffee. I, I, you don't drink coffee. So we're going to have to put it on a uh, on a teacup, right? Uh, coffee mug. I use a coffee, coffee mug for mug. tea. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we'll get you one. You and I were talking like coffee mug sizes last night, too, as well. And mm-hmm. we're probably going to mm-hmm. end up doing some coffee mugs. If you're a listener out there, uh, we're going to have some... Uh, some merchandise coming up at some point in the near future. We're going to get some. Well, we're going to have all kinds of stuff. We were actually GP and I were looking over um, what you. We were looking at the uh, the test patterns of COVID masks, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing so. that. I mean, it's supposed to be the new normal, right? The new normal, and then on top of that, the. I mean, these weren't just disposable COVID masks. You know, like the paper ones you can just throw away. We could get those too, but these were ones where you had you know change. You could change the filters out on them. So they were. I mean, they were pretty sophisticated. But anyway, let's not get into that today, right? We'll get into that in the coming days down the road. So what I wanted to talk about today was, well, I mean, I really don't have anything I want to talk about. I never do. But um, should we talk about the wildfires? What and how they're saying the cloth masks don't work for the wildfires? And Yeah, they don't. Oh, wait. But that's, here, here's, that's the, here's the thing. COVID. Though. Yeah, it's COVID. Well, here's the. Yeah, it is COVID. Here's the thing, though. Honestly, why wouldn't you wear a mask during something like that during a wildfire? Why wouldn't you? I would think you'd want to at that point, right? I mean, uh, if I were out there, and I know people that are out there on the on the uh, the West Coast now that are affected by these wildfires. I mean, people send me shots of you know out their front door, and they can't see almost across the street because of the smoke. Why, why wouldn't you want to wear a mask? I mean, me personally, if I were out there, I'd want to get one of the like the respirators, you know, with the the exchangeable filters on them, you know, I'd mm-hmm. want to get one of those. But I mean, anything's yeah. got to be better than better than breathing that stuff in just straight out, right? I mean, if you go out, if you go out there, I, I heard someone from San Francisco talking about this this morning. If you go out there overnight and you just run your finger across something, right, whatever surface it is, like a, you know, hood of a car or, or something like that, and you look at your finger. All that, uh, like that gray particular that's in the air, that's what you're breathing in. Wouldn't you want to wear something? I mean, something to try and help uh, the excess of breathing all that stuff in. I mean, obviously, it's not going to protect everything, right? But at least it would be something. So I would I would recommend wearing something, yes, um, because this is actual physical particulate that can damage the lungs, you know. But cloth masks, that which they're saying is adequate for COVID-19... It's not, by the way. It's only adequate for particulate for for spittle, you know, for the the liquid. It's not going to be effective for dust particles. And the reason I say that is one, uh, the dust particles they are larger than COVID, but the mask is still not like the um, micron level is not small enough to stop the dust. Even if it was small enough to stop the dust, the other problem that you have is those cloth masks don't create a good seal on the face. So when you inhale, it's just going to go around and you're still going to get dust. So uh, basically, you need one that is creating a good seal on your face. So 
you know, even uh, just like a dust mask or something from the hardware store would be good because it, you know, it, it has a mm-hmm. fairly good seal on there. Um, CDC actually was saying that the N95s and the P100, which the P100 is the, uh, it's the canister one you're talking about that the, it has a rubber uh, yeah. mask part and then you have the little canisters that, yeah. Um, I've actually got an N95. I've got an N95 that actually has, of course, I mean, I had it before all this. I had a pack of those things before all this started, but it actually has like the rubber seal on the inside of it. So even though, even some of those have, uh, have that seal. Yeah. Uh, So that's what the CDC is recommending, but they're saying uh, that the N95s are going to be difficult to get a hold of, obviously, because the frontline workers need them. Uh, So you as the average person, you're kind of like out of luck, I guess. Um, Unless you want to spend the extra money and get the P100s or something equivalent to a P100. But even so, I mean, wearing one of those things, I mean, you'd have to change it out. You can't wear those things all day. Yeah, the canisters you'll have to change out. It really it depends on how much dust you're in and debris, but essentially you'll yeah you're you're gonna have to change them out um, at least once a day, and then you're you know gonna have to sanitize the mask and everything uh, after wearing it. it. It's kind of the same rules that we were talking about when it comes to the N95s. When you're wearing them, you're only supposed to wear them for like four hours max. Uh, and then you need to replace it. Well, kind of similar for these things, four mm-hmm. hours max, and then you need to sanitize it, uh, the inside of it. So the wildfires themselves, which we talked about them yesterday a little bit, the wildfires themselves in that area, they've had four people arrested out there, which do, do you remember we talked a couple of days ago about Antifa or BLM people, which I honestly, I, I don't know if you could I don't know if you could lump BLM into this one, to be fair, after you see these arrests. I think this is more of an Antifa thing, to be fair, because they're they're the I mean, they're they're very militant and very uh, extreme and they like to burn, don't they? Yeah, that yeah, it does seem like they like to burn it things. Seems like that's more of their mo. I I mean BLM. Mm-hmm. I mean they they did burn some stuff in Ferguson back in the day, right? I mean they they like to they like to do some burning back then, but in recent times, I don't think I've seen them burning too much. Now, of course, I'm not saying that it's not possible because what have we seen? Uh, the fiery but mostly peaceful protests, right? That's a, that's a fiery but mostly yeah. peaceful protest or uh, a BLM rally, mostly peaceful BLM rally, and there's a. Um, there's a there's a police cruiser that's burned out in the intersection behind them. Right. So, I mean, you can't say it never happens. But in this case, four people are arrested for intentionally, intentionally starting blazes on the West Coast as fires rage across the region. Well, if you were to look at some of these people, uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get into it. But I mean, these are these are some I mean, these are some prizes. I mean, these are the kinds of people you want to bring home for dinner. Right. But one person was arrested for starting fire in Phoenix, uh, not Arizona, Phoenix, Oregon. Uh, another one was arrested by the California Highway Patrol for suspicion of arson. The one guy that was arrested, he was 41 years old. He was, he was arrested on two counts of arson, 15 counts of criminal mischief and 14 counts of reckless endangerment. The fire that this guy started is considered to be one of the origins of the Alameda fire. And the two quickly merged. Uh, the Oregon State Fire Marshal said photo showed the town of Phoenix and talent reduced to ashes after the Alameda fire tore through it. It's killed two people, destroyed a thousand homes and laid waste to 5,700 acres. The sheriff's office, Jackson County Sheriff's Office, said on Tuesday evening that uh, a Phoenix resident saw a person who was later identified as this individual that, that they arrested lighting a fire behind their house because of the blaze residents who saw him set the fire had to flee their home. State troopers and sheriff's deputies who arrived saw him standing close to the large fire that was threatening several homes. So, I mean, th- these are the kinds of people that are starting it. Now, 
Is that to say that they are associated with that group? I don't know. But if you look at them, they certainly fit the criteria of people that belong to that organization, I would say. One of the other people that was arrested said that it was a 36-year-old Poyallup. I, I don't know what that is. The next person was a resident, see, a resident caught uh, on State Route 167 at Meridian for setting a fire on Wednesday, and they're now in jail. On Thursday, another pedestrian was spotted lighting a match on the grass in at Route 512 and State Route 7. The incident was observed by a, re, or by a citizen who called 911. After a short chase on foot, the person's in custody. The, okay, this is not man-made climate change. Does this sound like man-made climate change? How, how on earth can yes. they continue? Yeah, that, this is man-made. Okay, yeah, yes. It is man-made political climate change. How's that? How's that? Right? I can go with that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, it's close. It, it definitely sounds like man-made climate change. I mean, well, it's really man-made ecosystem collapse. But I mean, starting the fires, right? Uh, you're, you're causing a climate change because you you started the fires. So it, it is man-made in that sense. But it's not man-made in the sense of what they're trying to push in that it was, uh, you know, our pollution and whatnot that cause these fires anyway uh but see bruce i think you could go a step further these are conspiracy theories right these are conspiracy theories that started these fires conspiracy theories and misinformation take valuable resources away from local and police agencies working around the clock or around the clock around the clock to bring these fires under control so if you say that it's if you say that it's started by possible members of antifa that's a conspiracy theory. Is that kind of what I'm understanding here? Is that what they're saying by that statement? I guess that's what they're meaning there. Um, the FBI, the FBI released a statement addressing social media conspiracies that extremists were starting fires after being inundated with claims. Oh, so, yes, that's that's what they're meaning. So, there, there was Facebook posts about social media posts about it was the left that started it. And the, the left was saying it was the right that started it. Basically, they're uh -huh. pointing the finger at each other. So. They're pointing the finger at each other, but yet all we hear is man-made climate change. That's all we're hearing. How how about we stop pointing fingers? How about we stop playing the political football game? And how about we address what we need to do as a nation to get these damn things under control? How about that? How about we stop telling the residents of Los Angeles to turn their appliances off and to set their uh, thermostats at 78 degrees Fahrenheit at the end of summer going on fall. How about we how about we not do that? How, how about we devote all the resources we can into fixing this problem before it gets further out of control? Because now now you're out there, you're arresting people that are intentionally starting fires. OK, they're destroying thousands of acres. I think we're are we up to a million of millions of acres now? Are, are we up to millions? Uh, of last number I heard was three point four million. OK. All right. So we're up to millions. We're arresting people that are caught intentionally starting these fires and other fires that merge into these bigger ones. Explain to me. And then on top of that, you have a political class that is also touting the agenda of, oh, this is your fault. I mean, we, we talked about that. That's exactly what this is. They're turning that on to you. This is man-made climate change. You don't want the Green New Deal. So this is what caused that. You don't want to you, you don't want to address the issues with the environment. So you're to blame for this. That's what the underlying message is here that they're trying to promote. 
That's what the political class is saying to we the people. But they're ignoring the fact that these people are arrested for intentionally starting this. If you're someone that's out there giving cover to people that are starting fires intentionally that are causing this blaze to get out of control, please explain to me how this is not domestic terrorism. Explain that to me. I, I, I don't have any way of explaining how that's not domestic terrorism. It's it's clear cut, in my opinion. It's clear cut. And they should be charged as such. They should be until it can be proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are not responsible for other parts. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're out there. You're setting fires. You're causing destruction. And then you have a political class giving cover, saying that it's all man-made, which in this case it is man-made, but it's not climate change. Uh, yes, four people are arrested out on the West Coast for uh, for getting involved with that. And do you think do you think that after all that is going on, do you think that because this is taken in all the way up into Seattle, Portland, all the way down into San Francisco, Los Angeles? We saw the, the footage in uh, in San Francisco, didn't we? Orange skies, red skies. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like uh, being on Mars. I mean, that was the that was the headline the other day. Welcome to Mars. But do you think that that has deterred? Anybody in Portland? And we're talking about Portland. We're talking about the riots, right? Don't, don't give me this protest garbage. Do you think that's deterred any of them? No, no. They've still got plenty of arrests going on and they've got serial offenders, repeat offenders going on. And they're still being they're still being snatched up out there. So they're still rioting. They're still looting. They're still burning. They're still out there throwing stuff at police officers, disrupting public transportation. So, uh, you know, when these riots started, right, in Portland? Specifically yeah, like years, with Floyd. Two years ago. No, specifically, oh, Floyd. specifically with Floyd. Yeah. The continuous nonstop started in May the 28th. So we're over 100 days, right? And we've been covering some of the stuff that uh, Andy Noe's been doing out there. Andy Noe, man, that guy does great work. He really does great work. I can't say enough about him. He does. I mean, he, that guy's a real journalist. He is a real journalist. He's out there. He's tracking these groups. I mean, he's been tracking. And you know what? Most people would have packed it in. Most people would have packed it in. Not him. Not him. He had his brains beaten out by Antifa a couple of years ago. It was in Portland, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Portland. Yeah. Yeah. And so and I think that's why the Proud Boys went out there uh, right after that. And so he uh, he got his head kicked in, had a brain bleed. And what does he do? He goes right back after that group and he starts tracking them again. But like I said, he's got firsthand experience with all this stuff. But he's uh, he's he's out there providing. If you go to his Twitter feed, you look at the things that he puts up on his Twitter feed. He's exposing who these people are publicly. He's putting their mugshots up. He's putting their arrest records up there that are public. He's making that known, is he not? I mean, we've looked at his Twitter feed time and again, and he's out there actually exposing these people. Yeah, he is. And there's a few others that are doing it as well. Yeah, he's, he's not. Um, yeah. Um, I was looking here yesterday, I think it was, uh, at Elijah Schaefer's feed. He was mm -hmm. up in Lancaster mm -hmm. um, at those. And he said that he actually, was it Lancaster? He was somewhere. It was either Lancaster or, or one of the other places he was at. He actually had a group of people that were going around looking for him specifically. And when they finally found him, um, they called him out as a white supremacist, um, racist, all uh -huh. this kind of stuff to try to get the mob to turn on him. And um, so, yeah, these guys... These guys are out here doing this reporting and stuff, and they're they're hiding their identity and everything because they're being hunted actively. So uh -huh. same thing with Andy No and these other guys. They're they're actively being hunted. Again, is this not is this not domestic terrorism? I mean, how are we still protecting or how are we still defending these people? And I'm not saying we are, I'm saying the media and you know the the left in general. How are and some on the right? How are you still defending these people when we've seen billions of dollars of damage 
hundreds of officers injured. I think we're up to like a thousand officers now uh, that have been injured in this. And but, you know, it's it's okay. Thirty some deaths, 34, I think, deaths specifically related to the riots themselves. But they're mostly peaceful protests. You know, 93 percent of the of the protests are peaceful. Yeah. Yes. The, the remaining 7 yes. percent is what's violent. Yes. And 93. That, and that's what I was told. I was told that by by a good Democrat friend of mine who says that these are mostly peaceful protests. You do have a lot of uh, agent provocateurs in there that are stirring all this up. But these are mostly peaceful all the way through. These things haven't been peaceful for what? Uh, since 14 days after Floyd was killed. So, I mean, that's that's when they started turning crazy anyway. Uh, but some of the people that were arrested out in Portland, uh, Misty Don Poole uh, was arrested today in Portland, Oregon, and charged with trespassing and interfering with public transportation. Andrew Duran, 18, was among 11 individuals arrested during the September 8th and 9th protests. So this is his second time around. He was charged with resisting a peace officer and resisted arrest and was released without bail. He gets a PR bond on that. Are you serious? Are you serious? That useless DA out there, he came out and made the statement right after they were trying to burn down the courthouse. And you know what he said? He'd only been in that office for two weeks. He said, we're not going to prosecute people that are causing a riot. We're not going to prosecute people that menace police officers. We're not going to prosecute people for fleeing and eluding. All those charges are going to be dismissed now. That DA is a radical revolutionary. How is he not? How is he not? How, how are you not giving cover to domestic terrorist activities by that? Peter Curtis, a 40-year-old protester, and Tracy Molina, 37, both of whom have been arrested for protesting on more than one occasion, were also released. We don't arrest protesters, just so you know. We do not arrest protesters. And I don't care what kind of spin you put on that. I don't care what kind of spin the media puts on that. We do not arrest people that peacefully protest. We don't do it. We have the constitutional right in America to peacefully assemble, to address our governments for redress of grievances. We don't arrest people for that. But if you are rioting, that's a different story. If you're out there hitting police with bottles, if you're out there hitting police with ball bearings the size of golf balls, well, then you're not a protester. You're not a protester. You forfeited your right to protest at that point. You are now a rioter. If you're going out there and you're smashing somebody's face in with a brick, if you're busting a business out, as in driving a car through the front window of it, and then you have looters outside that grab some stuff and run out the door, you're not a protester. And here's what I have to say to the protesters that are out there, because like it or not, okay, let's just say for the sake of argument, you do have peaceful protesters out there, okay? Let's say you do have some of them, some of them that are on board with the actual cause itself, okay? I mean, the ones that are ignorant of the cause, because if you really knew what it was about, you probably wouldn't be out there, most of you. But if you're out there and you're protesting and you you are a peaceful person, if you do have a protest going down the road, you're marching from one end of town to the next or whatever it is you're doing, that is an American thing to do. As a matter of fact, if it's a just cause and I agree with it, I'll go out there and I'll stand with you. But if you see someone stirring up problems. If you see a group of people in there trying to take over your protest and cause violence, then it's your responsibility to do one of two things. Either you police the protest and you have an understanding with the people that organize the protest that you're going to put people together to make sure that it remains peaceful. That's your first responsibility as a protester out there, especially now. Or two, when you see this happening, you walk away. You go home. Don't associate yourself with a movement that can be hijacked. This whole thing has been hijacked. You want to go out there and protest something? Fine. 
I agree with you. God knows I agree with you in a lot of respects about certain things. Okay, fine. But when it gets to a point where it's this level, where you're out there beating people up, you're out there smashing in businesses, you're burning people's houses to the ground, you're starting fires. That's not something that if I were protesting, I'd want to be associated with. I would walk away from that. I certainly wouldn't want to have myself associated with anything like that at all. As a matter of fact, the protest that was in Berlin, which, by the way, Bruce, they had another one the other day. didn't get any media coverage at all. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. The um, the protest in Berlin a couple of weeks ago where they jumped the barricades. We saw the we saw the footage of them jumping the barricades, rushing the steps of the Bundestag. Somebody had an American flag slung over their shoulder. I, I mean, I'm an American. I didn't appreciate that. I get what you're trying to do. I get the message you're trying to send, but I don't appreciate that. But you don't have people up there that are protesting in Berlin, which is, I mean, they're largely not getting any coverage. But you don't have people up there, to be fair, you don't have people up there that are destroying property. They're not stealing. They're not creating a mess. They're picking up after themselves. Now, is that to say that all of them are like that? No, no, of course not. But I largely don't see fights and riots in the streets up there, do you? I don't. I mean, if, if there were, I mean, that you deserve to call it out. But I, I don't see that. But I think if you're going to go out and you're going to you're going to get mixed up in these movements and you, you don't know what they stand for, that's the first thing you should do. That's the first and foremost thing. Before you even go out there, you need to understand who these movements are and what they represent. Those of you that support Black Lives Matter, th- those people that support Black Lives Matter, do you know what they stand for? You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me about this whole mostly peaceful stuff and very few of them are rioters. And I said, have you even looked at what the... Uh, OK, let's let's say that they are mostly peaceful. OK, just for the sake of argument. This is what I said to the person. I said, let's say for the sake of argument, they are mostly peaceful. Have you looked at their website? Have you gone to their website? Do you see what they represent? And the answer I got was no. Well, then how can you hitch your wagon to something like that? How can you get on board with something like that if you don't even know what they stand for? Is it just because it's a it's a hip, trendy thing to do? It's something that's pushed by the mainstream media as as something that you should get involved with. Is that all that it is? Are we that malleable as a populace now to be able to just go along with whatever everyone else is going along? Do do you understand that this is a this is an effect of I want to say it's hysterics like that. That's what it's turned into. It's it's a it's a matter of being whipped up into things and people get hysterical based on other people's hysteria. So it's contagious. Like that's what happens. So. What what are your thoughts on that, Bruce? What what do you think of that? It's a group think cult. Um, we're, we're getting drawn into this uh, world of groupthink, you know, society of groupthink. And if you have a differing idea or differing opinion, then you're a problem. You're you know um, uh, an assault on the norm, if you will, or the um, uh, the status quo. And it, it it feels like people are just wanting to fit in still. And because you have the outrage, you have the, um, uh, you know, the voices, the, the cancellations, if you don't do what you're told, you know, it's pushing people into these exactly that. Um, they just get in these mobs, mob mentality, and uh, they jump on board with these ideas. I mean, on its, on its surface, Black Lives Matter, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we agree with that. Sure. Sure. And as you said, if you look into... Uh, the organization Black Lives Matter Incorporated, when you look into that, they're Marxists. 
And uh, we should not be standing with them because uh, they're looking for the complete abolishment of the American system, uh, you know, and the family structure. And it's not just so, the American system. It's the Western system. They say the yes, Western yes. prescribed nuclear family. They are they are for abolishing the Western prescribed nuclear family. Those are their words. Yes. yes. So I, I, I don't understand why you would want to jump on board with that. Uh, personally, especially when all the data that, that this is the problem that actually everybody is is jumping on board with the emotion they're they're going with. Well, emotionally, this seems right to, to say Black Lives Matter emotionally, but they're they're completely ignoring the facts. And that's what they've been trained to do or, or trained into is just your emotions are important. Those are the things you should focus on, not the facts. You don't look at the facts. You know, that that's something later you can you can worry about. And in fact, there was actually a recent uh, a recent riot that that was going on. Uh, it was over the one I think it was actually the Lancaster one, which is the one Lancaster, I believe, is the one where uh, the law enforcement were called in because there was a dude trying to break into this lady's house with a knife. The cops show up and the dude lunges at the cops with the knife. All the screen grabs I've seen of that, by the way, the dude looks like a nut job and the cops shot him and killed him which i believe he only shot like once or twice i mean it was very good good trigger control on that one you know versus mm-hmm. the uh blake situation where he shot him seven times that one was a little bit uh excessive yeah, but that was a little yeah i di- yeah different different set of circumstances a different set of circumstances yes all both involving a knife however and anyway the the riots happened and then when the information came out law enforcement they released the the body cam footage pretty quick in this uh the rioters you could um i I was seeing some of the reporters that were on the ground were talking about it the rioters were getting pinged on like their instagram and twitter and whatnot of the actual video and you they said when they watched the video you could actually kind of see some of them are like uh why why am i here This, this is what happened like and you could tell that even even people that are trying to be emotional in their actions when you when you present them with the facts it still destroys their uh, narrative. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I, we're getting pulled into this, this group think this hysteria they're using fear. You're, they're treating people like sheep. They're going around like sheep dogs and pinning it, you know, running them around, you know, you're I, getting penned and, and uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I think it's honestly, I, I think that it's, you could chalk social media up to that. You can, because the way that the group think is with social media, it's tailored to each individual person, isn't it? And when I say that, I'm talking about think about your newsfeed. Okay, think about that. Think about the feed that you subscribe to on, say, I don't know, Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Everything is individually tailored to you. And I've actually heard this. I've not I've not tested this. Of course, I'm not on social media, so I don't really know. Yes, I'm on Parler, but I haven't been on there in quite some time. I feel bad about it uh, because, I, you know, I, I tell people every day to uh, to follow me on Parler, but yet I don't post anything. I, I just don't have time. I do not have time. It's like I want to to put things out there. And it's like when I put things up on Parler, I mean, I've put things up before and I'm like, I, I just don't have time to do this. And, and more than that, I really don't care. You know what I mean? I don't care, but I'm getting off subject here. We'll talk about that another time. Social media, everything's tailored to you. Everything is designed for you. So your your news feed is going to be tailored around things that you 
are interested in, whether that's people or organizations or, or media outlets, whatever, doesn't matter. But they're able to manifest and steer mass movements based on that. See, th this is what the danger was with people that created social media. As a matter of fact, some of the defectors of Facebook, and I'm, I mean, the ones that walked out, when they figured out what they did, they said, the first thing they said was, my God, what have we done? Y you've opened Pandora's box in this sense. That's what you've done. And we're opening Pandora's boxes now without even like it's moving too fast. When I say it's moving too fast, we're not keeping it in check as we're moving through it. We're moving right along into the next possible disaster. And God help us if this continues down this road. We're going to have to put the brakes on this thing at some point. And we need to have a serious, serious national debate in each of our respective countries about how we're going to use this stuff going forward. That's what it's going to have to be. But I digress. Social media is that tool for massive amounts of groupthink, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. You reach into your pocket, you pull out this device, and you get the story that's tailored to you. Now, where did that story originate? You don't know. You don't know. You're basing the way you think on the way everyone else thinks. And the way everyone else thinks is, is basing their opinion on the way that they were told to think from whatever organization. So they're able to control and manipulate these things. If we didn't have the flow of information the way we have it, if we didn't have that, if we didn't have an out of control 24 hour a day media that's international, if we didn't have social media the way that it is now, would any of this be happening? Would any of this even be going on? You'd have most people that would be almost oblivious because back in the day, before all this stuff, before smartphones, before social media, before 24 hour news and all that stuff. Well, I mean, it was starting, but that didn't start until like the late 80s, but or mid 80s. I'm sorry. CNN, I think, was the first one to do it. But largely people were kept in the dark about these things. Would you have even known the name George Floyd if we didn't have any of this stuff? Would people even? Yes, you would. Yes. Uh, the reason I say that is uh, if you didn't have social media, the only the only way you're going to get your news in that sense is from the news agencies. And what have the news news agencies been saying? Well, uh, these cops murdered Floyd or whatever the case is and or attempted to murder Blake or so on and so forth. And these riots are mostly peaceful protests. And as such, you would know that about it. And then. You wouldn't know much about the burnings and the a, a lot of the information we're getting about the, uh, the the riots and the damage done and all that stuff is from independent reporters posting their footage on social media. If we didn't have that, how are how are the independent reporters going to get the, the information out? The, the news agencies don't grapple onto that that information and, and share it or, or try to combat it until it's it's um, making its rounds on uh, you know, name your favorite social media. Right. Right. That's that's true. But if we didn't have all this stuff, I mean, if we didn't cross these these uh, these boundary lines, if we didn't have the mass manipulation by media organizations, if you didn't have 24 hour media, would we still know all this? I mean, largely, we were kept in the dark about a lot mm -hmm. of things, depending on where you were. So, uh, for example, let me, let me put this into perspective. 9-11 just happened a few days ago, right? It just happened a few days ago. You didn't have a lot of these advanced systems 20 years ago like we do now. And by that, I mean mass communication. Example, uh, Air Force One, as they were flying over parts of the country, when George Bush was flying over parts of the country, they didn't have access to news feeds on board. They could only get regional feeds from wherever they were flying over. That was it. 
until they would fly out of range and they would grab the next one. So we didn't have the flow of information like we do now. Everyone was kind of speculating back then. I, I would argue it'd be the same way now if um, if we didn't have all this stuff and, and they didn't go the routes of opening Pandora's box with social media. I think social media has been absolutely detrimental in in a lot of respects. It's been more bad than good. It's it's not been a benefit. I, I understand there are good points to it. I, I get that. You know, there's charity aspects to it. There's business aspects to it. There are uh, organizational aspects to it. I get it. But the bad, in my opinion, the bad outweighs the good with it. And in this case, in this case, as it relates to fomenting revolutionary movements to bring about the destruction of a nation and at the detriment of society and, and the destruction of, of property and business and, and everything else, that's not a good thing. That, that's not a good thing. And the way that they manipulate people into joining this, right, into joining it, into capitulating to it. And by, by capitulation, I mean, what's the other thing we see to it? If you're not on board with the protesters, if you're not on board with the message that they have, what happens to you? If you post something, if you're on social media for something else, okay, let's say you're on there for like, I don't know, a church group or your business or or your side projects, you're, you're, you do uh, hobby stuff on the side and you have a fan page. Well, let's say you post something and you say, I, I don't agree with this. I, I don't agree with this group. I don't agree with BLM. Okay, let's say that someone says that, which we've seen cases of that since we're, we're trying to keep with the, uh, the protests here. What happens? People that they work with, people that they attend universities with, this, this is happening to university professors now, we've heard, they're getting fired from their jobs because of social media posts. How on earth does that benefit society? How, how on earth does that not show a groupthink mentality? How does that not show uh, how people can be manipulated by, by hysteria? I think social media has only magnified what was already there. Uh, you, you you mentioned 9-11. Look at how quickly we were to, you know, right after right after 9-11 happened. For the most part, you had people working together, right? And you were you were Americans. It didn't matter your political bin. Look at uh, two to three months after that, though, how quickly we, we became divided again. And the division has only grown more and more over the years. So I, I honestly, I, I think we we were going down this road anyway, and we were going to, to reach this level of, of division. Social media, maybe it did accelerate it. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it's helped mitigate some of it. We, we don't really know. We, we can't really quantify it necessarily because we don't know what would happen if we didn't have it in this time frame. So in a sense, I agree. Social media has been bad. Uh, it's allowed uh, people of like mind. It, it's allowed echo chambers, basically. And it, it's it's solidifying people's opinions and, you know, shielding them from other other um, conflicting ideas. Yeah, hence so in that why, sense, it's been bad. Ex exactly. Hence why you have the individual feeds, right? You have the tailored feeds for, for each person. Yeah. So it has created yeah. those those echo chambers. It doesn't allow you to to step out of that. And we could argue here that's OK, well, this is kind of an echo chamber, right? We, we agree with each other more often than not, but yet we still like to have people on with differing opinions. I want people on with differing of opinions. I want the opposite end of the spectrum. The people that I talk to that are of the different opinions. I mean, I, for example, the person I was talking to about uh, about these protests, they won't come on here. They, they won't come on here. They will not come on here and talk because I, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of it's got to be one of two things. Either they won't get to control the agenda because they think that everything here is going to be like what they see on TV. And that's not true. That's not true. We don't treat people like that. 
We do not treat people. I would, I would never treat somebody like that. I want to hear what they have to say. I want to hear what they have to say. If I were to sit there and to pigeonhole someone, that doesn't make me any better than those scumbags on TV that we're up here trying to fight against. So I would never treat somebody like that because I have more respect for people than that, no matter what your belief is. Or, or they won't come on here because they know that they're wrong. I'm not sure which one it is. I'm not sure which one it is. It's one of the two things. And they, they can't, they can't have a discussion because again, it's, it's that constant yelling. It's the hysterics and, and the like. So it's, it's not that they can have an actual discussion with things. And that's, that's really sad because we need to have those discussions. We have to have the discussions that we don't agree with. If we don't have those discussions that we don't agree with and everything becomes an echo chamber, then we're already lost and there's nothing worth fighting for. We have to be able to disagree. When we have Tavish on here, bless him, I need to call him and get him back on. What does he always say? He said it from day one since, he, since we've had him on. He says, we can agree to disagree. And we walk away, friends. He and I have never agreed on almost anything. And we're still very good friends. Now, why in the world can that happen? But yet, when you listen to these people that are stuck in these echo chambers, they don't want to hear anything else. They're completely shut off. And th this is what this is what people, I think, really don't get. The ones that that jump on board with that hysteria that really have no idea what this is about. And when we were talking early on about the ideology that BLM has on their website, right, the destruction of the nuclear family, the Western prescribed nuclear family. D do these people, do, do the people that are out there that, that you see that agree with these extreme movements, whether it's Antifa or BLM or, or whatever, it doesn't matter, whether it's an extreme right wing movement in another country. I know we have international listeners, but you can't you have to understand you cannot make a deal with extremists. They're not in the business of making deals. Oh, they will for a time. They will for a time. They always have. But in revolutionary movements, you can't make deals with these people. They won't stop until you are enslaved or dead. That's their stopping point. And then they'll see if they can go further with it after that. That's what happens historically during revolutionary movements. And that is what this is out there in the streets is a revolutionary movement. So where do you go from here? Where, where do you go about getting to that person that's on board with this, but can't quite see reality? We talked about it yesterday. How do you get these people to see reality? It's a fight to get people just to see that. It's not about winning an argument to get someone on your side. It's about getting someone to see common sense, getting someone to see reality. Hey, these people are burning the city down. Do you care? And if they say, oh, that's a mostly peaceful protest because they're watching CNN all, all, all day. I mean, I, how do you how do you break somebody out of that? And that's the that's a legit question. That's a legit question. And to help me answer that legit question is an expert of somebody that is around brainwashed people every day. GP, how you doing? <laughs> Good. I was going to say that it works both ways because. I have been able to have conversations and I do have conversations with the other side. Just remember the social media and these platforms only really focus in on that small percentage of extremists. The vast majority of people aren't overboard and they will listen to conversation, but they are implanted in their ways. We've got, you know, you know, yeah, we see on social media. I mean, would you want to be seeing like somebody on social media, you know, for, or a news channel saying, yeah. I see your point, and but I just don't agree with it. Okay, have a good day. Would that be very entertaining if you saw that like a hundred times? No. So you take the worst screaming people that at the you know at the top of their lungs are yelling, "I don't 
not want to, whatever it may be, that's what you show. And that's what's happening across the country. So there, it's to continue to polarize all of us, right, left, indifferent. And the more I'm watching both sides, I'm realizing that we're only just seeing the small portions of the population. The vast majority of people just want to live their lives. The majority just want to go on about having this. But right now we're in a, uh, it's a uh, perfect indoctrination scenario, scenario where if you only watch left-wing media, you're only going to believe what they say. And if you only watch right-wing media, you're only going to follow what they're saying, thinking that everyone out there is a lunatic. There are wonderful people on the right that are out there, out there with me cleaning up trash. We're, we're taking down graffiti. And guess what? There's also people on the left that are out there with me cleaning up, taking care of stuff. You know, it. <sighs> not the whole population but the media wants you to believe it's that way you know i just got back from cleanup so that's where that's where i'm coming from and we we all try not to discuss politics we try not to discuss anything of those nature you know we just basically it's like we don't like what you know across the board we all universal <laughs> we, we don't like these people that are causing all these problems that are burning down these buildings or they're, they're graffitiing our trees and our national monuments and that's my biggest gripe right there you just said it. That that is my biggest one. It's it's bad enough that people go out and trash stuff, but graffiti, graffiti. Uh, you mm-hmm. you catch me. You're, you you if I because mm, mm, it burns me up so much. It burns let, me. It does. It does. Let me up. let me catch somebody putting graffiti on something. I will smash them with that can. I mean that I I will I will smack them with that can. I'm telling you. Is that too extreme? Is that too extreme? You're defacing property. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've, I've already been, I've already told a few people that you may need to get me bail money. Well, I mean, okay. If you're an, if you're an artist, cause I know there are graffiti artists, I get it. Now, if yes, you're a person, if you're, ones. yeah. And they're, and then some of that's good stuff. Now, if you're out there and you're legitimately trying to put like a mural on something and you, you're there and you're doing it under, uh, you know, licensing and you got permits and all that stuff and the, the place wants you to do it. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that, but going out there and tagging stuff. No, hell no. But okay, to to the larger point here, we were trying to we were talking about mass movements and mass hysteria. Okay, mass hysteria. Okay, with mass hysteria comes you know its own problems because that's all we're thinking. It's completely mass hysteria, but we're seeing because but we're only seeing a small percentage of what's going on in the rest of the country. Is every city burning? No, my city's no, not. No. Well, are you're we burning seeing? in other respects, <laughs> not not for burning. Not from yeah, that. it's wildfires, <laughs> which we talked about that, by the way. They've arrested a nice uh, a nice crowd of people that were intentionally starting fires in uh, in dried brush areas. But yeah, go ahead. I, I, were they all Republicans? They don't strike me as someone that would be at a GOP rally. OK, I was just curious. Were they? Uh, yeah. Oh, but were they libertarians? They look like they were um, societally challenged. How does that sound? OK, well, anyone that goes out there and tries to burn down or just burning down our forests and our oh, oh, sorry, I, it gets, okay? gets to me a little bit. No, it gets okay? to me a little bit because I was just out there and we've got so many people that are displaced and people have lost things and animals that are we're losing a lot to these these fires. People just think about, oh, well, it's just desert or it's, it's just uh, this little forest of California burns all the time. It's deeper than that. That's it's frustrating that people just just are willing to burn down, kill people. People are dying in these fires. You know that. 
Do, do we see the media talking about it? No. Some, but they're not they're not reporting the whole numbers. I mean, I, I, I had a couple of articles today about uh, the numbers of people that have done oh, these fires. And it's it is okay. it is quite uh, it is quite horrendous. Uh, so, some of the people that have the way that this is uh, the, the way that this is happening. People are I mean, if you lose your home, you lose your business, mm-hmm. you, you lose everything in these fires. Yes. You, you lose all this stuff that costs not just money, but I mean, that's time. That, that's time. That's that's people's livelihoods. You've lost everything in that. And, and what about people that can't get out? What what about people that uh, that are stuck there or someone that that's all they have and they lose everything? What are they mm-hmm. supposed to do? How many people is this displaced? I mean, it's, you, you probably can't. Even, it's, it's thousands. It's thousands of people that have been displaced in this. You know, there was a group of people that were I, I want to say it was like 300 people that were stuck in, in a small area and they were told by the fire department, I believe it was in Oregon, they were told by the fire department they couldn't get to them. Everybody in the town, get in the lake, get get in the lake, because that's the only place that's the only way you're going to survive is if you keep diving underwater and things like that. That's the only way we can't do anything else. We can't we can't help you. It was zero visibility. Do you know the army, the army? There were a group of soldiers and pilots that had helicopters in zero visibility. They said, we'll go in there and get them. And you know something? They went in there after them and they got all 300 of them out at zero visibility. I don't think any of them were asking beforehand, uh, what color are you? Uh, How do you vote? I don't think people were asking that question. You had Americans saving Americans because that's what we do when we see people that need help in society. We don't ask questions. We just do it. And that goes to the larger agenda here. That's what's being ignored. That kind of nonsense right there. As you said, the media doesn't pay any attention to it. They don't pay any attention to that because that's real heroism. That's real stuff. That's real people helping people. That's real unity right there. Yeah, there's no forbid, sick, you should, twisted agenda. You should ag- talk about unity. Yeah, there's no sick, should, twisted agenda they can use. You know how many, you know how many news media outlets come out to our events when we're out there cleaning up? You want to know how None. many? None. We get it. We ask. We, there's, we got quite a few. We ask just about everywhere. Local news, too. None. Yeah, none. It's not fun. It's not, it's not entertaining. I mean, when we're cleaning up graffiti, we don't. We we tend not to ask because that now, just. GP, let me ask you a question. A does it? Does anybody ask how you voted? No, amongst us or people asking yeah, amongst, us amongst or you. assuming no, that amongst, we're all tree. No. You know, amongst whatever. all of you that are out there that show up to to clean up your communities, does anybody ask? Generally not. Who do you vote for? No one. Generally not. We we do get some people. We get some outlying people that are anti certain political person. I guess my point was, was that I was trying to bring attention to the fact that you're out there united in a common cause to clean up your community. Yes. You're, you're yes. not out there. You're not out there no. causing problems with each other because you no. all have a, a common no, goal not. in mind. You want to better yourselves. Yeah. You want to better your family's lives. You want to better your community's lives. We want to better the community, but that's, that's our biggest focus. And yeah, that's what we do. And pretty much everybody puts away their political agendas when you're out there helping people. Or helping the forest, or helping a community, or wherever may, we ever may be, or whichever one I can get on, you know, because there's a lot of programs out there. And you know, the people that are dishing out, you know, helping this, you know, food lines and the food banks. And there are a lot of people that are anti politics too, because they're just sick of the he said, she said. And that's what our pol- political system has become, anyways. Oh, he said this, she said that, he said this, she, you know, whatever it may be. And it's, it's terrific. Well, GP. I'd pick up trash with you. I'd clean graffiti Thank you. up with you. Thank you. You know, we picked up trash over here. 
<laughs> awesome. Yeah. Foreign country. We're picking up trash. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. You know what? We get less people littering when the more people are picking up trash. That's true. That's true. And now is a great time to pick up your neighborhood. Now's a great time to get yes, started it on it. So, uh, all right, we are pretty much uh, out of time today, so we're going to uh, we're going to have to jump out of here. Bruce, you got any final thoughts you'd like to weigh in on there on any of that? Uh, I'm going to be honest; I missed some of it because I had to go uh, answer the door. So, all right, thanks, Bruce. Thanks for that thought. Yeah, no. <laughs> great closing thought. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that. That awesome. Great closing thought. Thanks. No, it's fine. Okay, um, we're going to have to jump. So, uh, GP, thanks for hopping in here. Thanks for giving us your two cents on uh, on all that stuff. Always appreciated. <laughs> Love having you back. By the way, since you've uh, You've been out on your uh, big hiking trips and your outdoor campaigns and all that stuff. And you've got a big one coming up and we're going to be doing some stuff on that here in the coming months. Yes. That's going to be interesting. For those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. I know that I haven't been over there in a few days and I do apologize for that, but I am working on things behind the scenes with Bruce and with GP to try and get some other things started around here. So I've been rather occupied. So I haven't been on Parlor in quite some time, but uh, I know that Marty's still over there and he's active over there uh, every day. So you can follow me over there at Jay Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass us along to friends, families, and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends and family, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on and give us a rating, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce and GP, though you were a little late, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.